welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. to Jeremy and Ashley and some of the youth, but I'm going to preach the same message that I preached on Wednesday night, Um, but it actually goes goes along the lines of what Pastor preached last week on Be Real, Be Free. So let's go to Matthew 5. He didn't stay too long on this scripture, but it uh, it really popped out to me as he was talking about it, so I would like to continue along the lines of what he was talking about. So Matthew 5, 33 And we're going to read through 37, New King James Version. I'm going to be all over translations today, but we're going to start out New King James. So Matthew 5, 33. And it says, Again you have heard that it was said of those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is by God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black, except diet or <laughs> stress sometimes will do that too. But you can't just think really hard and be like, purple hair. <laughs> Not going to happen. But let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more of these is from the evil one. So the title of my message today is, Do What You Say. Do what you say. Father God, I thank you for today. Help us to be uh, hearers and doers of this word. Thank you, Lord, for anointing me to speak boldly as I ought to. And help us to get all you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so has anyone ever said something that they were going to do for someone and never ended up doing it? Wow, that was like five hands. Um, Has anybody ever said they were going to do something? Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yes. I have plenty of times. Plenty of times. And um, that's not a good quality. It's not good at all. I think especially in today's society, we see that happening more and more and more. Um, We just blow off people like it's no big deal or we're late to things. Um, my family tends to be in the late zone. Sorry, mother, if you're watching online. Um, but it's like, you know, if she says 2.30, really means 3.45. <laughs> and uh, I'm not preaching to you, Mom, but um, this is something that I need to work on, first and foremost. Before you start thinking about other people, you need to look at inward. And some of you are really good at being on time, right? I mean, you're probably like 10 minutes early. Or if someone says 2.30, you're there at 12.30. And the host is probably thinking, what are you doing here? But anyway, this is something I've really had to work on. So um, a funny story about this. I'm going to talk about my time uh, when I got married and actually stood right right here and uh, how absolutely terrified I was at getting married. Rachel says, I've never seen you look like that before. I said, I've never felt like that before. (laughs) Uh, But it was uh, absolutely horrifying to get married. So I'll just kind of give you the the backstory. 
I'm getting to the good part, okay? I'm getting to the explanation. I have an explanation. It's not anything my wife did or didn't do. It's all me. So anyway, we didn't get married till like 6 o'clock in the evening, so I had to go all day thinking about what I was about to do. I felt like Jesus in the garden. Um, I was... Uh, no, no, <laughs> she's laughing. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? I'm, I'm getting to the point, but I'm trying to set this up for you. I'm trying to explain to you my utter fear, which that's what it was. It's fear. You all are like, oh, my gosh, you guys going to go give Rachel flowers and stuff after this? Anyway, so, like, the whole time um, we were getting ready, and I just was not being myself. I was like... No, I was barely eating. I think Nikki had to go in there and tell me, force me to eat. She's like, if you do not eat, you will pass out. You need to eat. And I said, well, I don't want to throw up. I mean, that's how nervous I was. So anyway, so the time had finally come. Um, Me and Greg are in the back, and we got to start walking forward. And I start walking, and it was packed in here. Every seat was was full. I think most of the balcony was full. There was a lot of people. And I'm thinking to myself, I've been on this stage hundreds and hundreds of times. Why right now am I so afraid? Why am I so fearful, scared? And I'm walking, I walk up here, and, you know, he stands right there, and I stand right here, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at everybody. I I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, not a good thought to think. (laughs) And uh, a lot of these people traveled so far, and why, why can't I do this? You want to know what it was? I knew the decision I was about to make was going to affect the rest of my life. And I've had a tendency in the past to be afraid of, like, commitment and promises, especially something that's like, hey, till death do you part. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a big, yeah. That's a big, I might die today, praise the Lord, from Rachel. (laughs) No. But seriously, I was mortified and fearful because of the weight of that decision. I think a lot of society doesn't take that decision seriously. I was. Because divorce isn't an option. You know, it may be easy for the world, and even 50% of Christians get divorced, but I said, for me and my household, it's not an option. So I need to be, I need to know this is for sure. And I had prayed, and I knew it was the Lord. So now I just needed to get over my, uh, my issues of commitment. And um, so I'm standing up here. You know, the, the, the wedding party's coming over. They're getting set up. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord, you know, keep the knees bent. Don't straighten them out. I mean, I look pale. So bad right? I mean, like, I probably looked albino or something. I mean, I just, the, 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 my flesh was just, I probably looked like a corpse up, up there. It was just terrible. I mean, that's how scared I was. And, uh, but anyway, so then the, they stop, and then Rachel comes out. She looks so beautiful. She's walking down with her dad, and then, you know, Greg, I go, I walk down, and Greg, Greg says, who hence takes this woman or man to this woman and you know all the King James stuff that they say during weddings and uh, I took I took her hand and I put her arm in my arm 
And you know, the moment that I did that, every ounce of fear, every ounce of anxiety, every ounce of nervousness left. Miracle. <laughs> Miracle. And then we got married, and it was great. It was wonderful. But did you know the moment um, that I needed grace, it was right there for me? Not a moment sooner, and not a moment later. I think sometimes we, uh, we hound ourselves with a bunch of what-if scenarios. What, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this person does this? What if my dog dies? Well, guess what? Your dog will die someday, or your cat, or your pigeon, or your moose, if you have a moose. But guess what? The grace for you will be there at that very moment. I, I, I mean, sometimes tragic things happen. Um, like my uncle got killed in a car accident, you know, in 2001. And, you know, to think of what a parent has to go through when their kid um, dies, it's tragic, it's heart-wrenching. But you know, there's a s certain amount of grace there for them. I believe even if they're not a believer, there's grace there to help them overcome, because that's how good our God is. He's still giving breath to the unbelievers, right? Why wouldn't he give a little bit of grace to help them through that time of need? So I just wanted to encourage you with that. See, I told you there was a point to this story. That the grace you need will be there for you when you need it. Not a moment sooner and not a moment later. So anyway, back to uh, the point of the, the message. Um, I knew that vow that I was going to take was absolutely um, important. And it was eternal, I guess, in the sense of this life. Um, I, I knew what it meant, and that's what weighed me down. Because I knew that, man... What if I messed up? What if I didn't hear God? But guess what? As soon as I took her arm, it's like I knew I made the right decision. It was awesome. It was amazing. We live a great life. We have a beautiful kid. He yells sometimes and, you know, does messy things. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade it for all the money. I wouldn't trade it for any fame. I, I like Brian said, celebrate the small things. Celebrate the ordinary um, you know, you, I think when something's taken away from you, that's when you really celebrate the ordinary. And then when you're living an ordinary life, you celebrate the extraordinary. You know, there's people being quarantined right now, you know, for the coronavirus. You think they'd give anything to have a meal with their family? Something ordinary. Be in their room. I heard they had to quarantine a ship or something. So, like... That was such a good message, Brian. Celebrate the ordinary. Celebrate the small things. It keeps you thankful. It keeps you grateful. Man, I'm going off on rabbit trails today. I like it. I usually don't do that. But you guys are getting something out of it, right? Amen? All right, I would like to read Matthew 5.33 out of the message translation. This is where it really uh, hit home. So Matthew 5.33 through 37 out of the message. Check this out. And don't say anything... You don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. Okay. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk, saying, I'll pray for you, and never doing it, or saying, God be with you, and not meaning it. Woo! 
or I'll pray with you, or I'm sending you good vibes. I'm sending you thoughts and prayers. I have purpose. Whenever I say I'm praying for you, I am praying for you, or I have prayed for you. It's not just I'm wishing you get better. Like what we did before I started preaching, that's what I do. If I say on any, in a text, social media, I'm praying for you, I just want to let you know that I mean I'm praying for you. It's not just to make you feel better. I'm actually praying with you. It says, you don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. Woo! I read that and I was like, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I repent. I will do what I say. And if you can't, or if you, like Pastor said, if you really don't want to do something, just say no. You don't have, why do we feel like we have to explain ourselves all the time? We don't. Hey, you want to come over and uh, eat uh, some pork chops and green beans and, well, maybe you're not feeling good. You're like, no, actually, I, I, I don't want to. That's okay, right? And on the flip side, we need to not take offense when somebody says no. I mean, Pastor talked about, you know, the first side of um, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Well, on the flip side, we need to not be a f- take offense when somebody says no. It's okay. Maybe they're not feeling good. You're, at times, you're not going to feel good and you're not going to feel like doing something. It's okay to say no. We need to treat others the way we would like to be treated, right? So if we want people to not take offense when we say no, we need to not take offense when we say no. Amen? God gave me this little nugget here. He said, what if I only kept my word to you as much as you kept your word to other people? Ooh! Oh, man. So say, let's just say I'm about 75% good, in, you know, good at keeping my word. What if God was only 75% good on keeping his word? What if, what if when you came up for healing... Um, <laughs> God kept his promise in proportion to how much you keep your promise to people. And if you're only at 50%, man, that's a 50-50 chance that you're getting something. But guess what? Our God is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. Miracle worker, and he's a what? Promise keeper. And guess what? It's not based on how much you keep your promises. He will always keep his promises. Now, do our decisions affect how much God can bless us? Yes, absolutely. But that's not on him. That's on us. Amen? And the moment that he gave me that last night, I was saying to myself, man, I am so thankful God is not like me when it comes to keeping my word. I'm a work in progress. I've gotten a lot better, praise the Lord. I can do better. He will keep his promise 100% of the time. Always. I'm thankful. What, what if you said, oh, Candy, you only keep 50% of your promises. You only get 50% of the promises in the word. That'd be terrible, right? Oh, you can get the benefits of tithing, but I don't think you get the benefits of healing. Ouch! That'd be terrible. Or you, you, you can get the benefits of sowing and reaping, but you don't get the benefits of... Uh, 
living a long and satisfying life. That'd be terrible, right? So my question is, is when are we going to start taking God at his word? If he can never lie, if he is promise keeper, there, you know, this is a whole book of promises that you can claim. A whole book of promises that he will keep in your life. Amen. Isn't that good? I mean, when I start to think about how, how good of a God he is, how good of a loving father he is, and that he never will not go back on his word, ever, it makes me want to start believing bigger. Um, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, I saw somebody post on Facebook what a mustard seed looked like, and you know, you know, a little white, um, in comparison to like a white spoon, a little plastic spoon. I mean, it was like an ant on the spoon, on a little plastic spoon. And he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this tree, be removed. A mustard seed. You don't have to, newsflash, you don't got to have a lot of faith to believe God. You just got to, you just got to have something. Amen? How many times have we heard, God can't, can't multiply zero, but he can multiply one. One times God is a lot. One, two times God is a lot. Three times God is a lot. Start, start believing that he's promise keeper. And guess what? Maybe you haven't been good at keeping your word. Start today. Start today. Ask for forgiveness. God will forgive you. Repent. Change your thinking. Change your ways. You know, the grace is there to empower you to live um, a life where you keep your word to people. Because that's what, you can't do this on your own. It's in our nature to not do this. But it's in our new nature to do this. Amen? Because we are new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen? All right, um, projectionist, if you could just put up Proverbs 20.25. You don't have to turn there. This is in the message. The Bible has a few things to say about this. Look, it says, an impulsive vow is a trap. Later, you'll wish you could get out of it. <laughs> I said, Lord, how many times has that happened to me? When I say yes, when I really should have said no, and I'm over there doing something that I didn't want to do, I make it worse, and all because I didn't say no. An impulsive vow is a trap. Later you'll wish you could get out of it. So pretty much what I'm trying to tell you here, this, this is the main point. A life of integrity will save you from so much unnecessary adversity. So much. I can tell you the biggest, uh, the darkest times in my life were actually self-inflicted, if I'm being completely honest. Bad decisions, bad choices, um, I wasn't truthful, I wasn't honest, and it was all self-inflicted. The worst parts of my life came because of self-inflicted wounds, for me personally. So if I just would have learned and uh, not done those things, or learned from other people's mistakes, I would have had a lot better time in my life during those times than, than I did. Um, but somebody say, a life of integrity will save me from so much, so much. Unnecessary, unnecessary adversity. You know, the Bible says we'll have persecution, and, uh, but I think sometimes we add persecution to ourselves. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm just being persecuted for the Lord. No, you're being persecuted because you lied. It's like, stop making yourself bigger than, than you are. <laughs> like, 
You know, come on now. It's like, oh, I'm being persecuted. No, you're being, well, yeah, because you were late for Thanksgiving dinner. And you had the turkey. That's going to result in persecution. I mean, if you're supposed to be there at 2.30 and you showed up at 4 with the turkey, Nikki's going to have a problem with that. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So if keeping our word to others is important, how much more then is keeping our word to God? And uh, go to Ecclesiastes 5.2. A funny thing about Ecclesiastes, I actually Googled how to say it properly, so that way I didn't come up here and mess it up. Ecclesiastes 5.2, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. Ecclesiastes 5.2. There it is. All right, look what it says. It says, don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth. So let your words be few. How many said, I was guilty of this way before I started coming to this church because I didn't know any better. But Lord, if you just deliver me from this problem, I promise you, I will serve you all the days of my life. Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? I have. Are we supposed to do that? Can you keep that promise? And guess what? God's big on promises. He's big on covenant. He's big. If you say you're going to do something, especially to God, you need to make sure you can do it. Um, I was telling the youth this story of a time that I tried doing this, and it absolutely did not work at all. Um, so I was with my dad, and we were traveling back from Denver, and we stopped in Silverthorne at Village Inn to eat. And I wasn't feeling that good already. So I had strawberry, I call them creeps, but they're crepes. <laughs> I had the strawberry creeps. That's probably why I got sick. But um, So I, I ha had them. They were delicious. They were just beautifully made, and I was like, oh, yes, Lord, thank you. And I uh, got back in the car, and I started feeling nauseous, bad. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to throw up in this car. Like, that's just going to be absolutely terrible. Well, I kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, dumb me didn't say anything. Like, hey, pull the car over, because uh, I'm about to annihilate your, the back seat here. And uh, so what did I do? I was like, I got something better. I need to talk to God about this. I said, Lord, I promise, if you just take this nauseousness away and help me not to throw up, I said something like, I promise you, I will serve you and I will do things better than I ever have, you know, serving you in the past. I mean, I was like a teenager. I didn't know what I was doing. It's like 12 or 13. Did it work? Absolutely not. And lo and behold, I threw up in that car. It was nasty. At least I think I had a, I, I'm pretty sure I had a bag at least, but it didn't work. That prayer didn't work. And of course, back then I didn't know, hey, just rebuke the problem, believe for your healing right there and it'll happen. No, I was like, I decided to go the promise route. Lord, if you just deliver me from this situation, I promise you, I will do whatever you want because I don't want to be embarrassed right now. Well, guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work at all. And I think sometimes we um, made promises to God. Lord, if you just deliver me from this temptation, 
I promise you, I will be a soul winner all the days of my life. Well, that's great, but I wonder if you could actually keep that promise to God. This is so, a little bit sobering to me because I'm like, Lord, I promise. It's like, stop. Stop saying a promise. Say, Lord, I'm going to do my best, and by your grace, I will do blah, blah, blah. That's all it takes. You know, God can work with honesty. Like Pastor talked about um, the story with the, with, the, with the dude who said, Lord, help my unbelief. I think sometimes we would look at a person saying that today and be like, oh, you have no faith. Stop it. He had more faith than you. He admitted that he didn't have any faith. And guess what? He got a miracle because he was honest with where he was at. He was honest. And the Lord can work with honesty. He can't work when you cover it up. He can't work when you lie. But he can work when you're honest. You're like, Lord, I don't know why this is happening right now, but I trust you. I'm, like Keith Moore said, whatever happens in your life, stay on God's side. That's stuck with me forever. It's like, whoa, how many times do we try to put it off on God? No, just stay on his side. Because if you stay on his side, guess what? You'll come out a victor. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Who can be against you? I was encouraging somebody who's in the hospital, and I, I felt like I needed to send that scripture to them. If God be for you, who can be against you? Because guess, I told him, I said, guess what? This thing not only has come against you, but it came against your father by coming against you. You know, whatever's trying to attack your life, it's not just coming against you. It's coming against your father. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Woo! Amen? If God, oh, if God be for you, who can be against you? So I encouraged him. I said, guess what? You're not in this alone. Because this thing has come up against God. And guess what? God's bigger than that. God's bigger than what you're going through in the hospital right now. He will make a way when there seems to be no way. Amen? Um, okay, how are we doing? All right, let's keep, let's keep rolling here. Are you guys receiving this today? Amen. I, I sense your faith. So um, let's go to one more scripture, Proverbs 11, 3. I'm going to be reading on the New Living, Proverbs 11, 3. And we'll end with this scripture. Proverbs 11, 3. There we go. It says, honesty guides good people. What does dishonesty do? It destroys treacherous people. Oof. Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Honesty will guide you. If you don't know where to, maybe where to go the next part of your life, just be honest with where you're at. Be honest with God. Because honesty will guide you. If you're dishonest, that won't guide you, right? Maybe, some, maybe one of the reasons you haven't been able to hear from God is because you've been dishonest in some areas. Dishonest, dishonesty can be like a smoke screen. You know, God's talking, but maybe you can't hear because you haven't um, gotten some things right with some people. You haven't been honest. How many of you guys know you can get things right with people? You can say, I'm sorry. To people, to God, amen? So my challenge to you is to become a person of integrity. And maybe you are. I'm, 
Maybe you do great at it. But I know we can do a little bit better. Um, by doing so, you're being an accurate representation of the Father to the world. Because guess what? He's a keeper of his word. Amen? I mean, even yesterday, I was at the car wash, and this is something little, but it just goes to show that I got I to gotta work on this too, and by his grace, I'm going to get it. Um, we were cleaning the car, you know. We were scrubbing the inside, making it look all nice. And uh, Ira came up, and he said, you know, hey, if you just go to the automatic car wash, that's easier. And I'm like, oh, I guess I could have done that. But, you know, I wanted to clean. I wanted to scrub my mats and stuff. And I said something like, well, I forgot my chamois at the house. And the Lord said, you didn't forget your chamois. You don't even know where it is. <laughs> but I said it just to make it look like I knew what I was doing type of a thing. Like, hey, I, I mean to leave my car all wet and dirty. And Ira, I just want to apologize to you. It's like, that was a lie, man. That was straight up not truth. I didn't forget the chamois. I just didn't bring it. But something silly like this, it's not silly. It's something simple as that. It's like, why did I feel like I have to lie to Ira? That's stupid. See, the spirit of stupid will make you do stupid things. <laughs> So yeah, Ira, I apologize. That was not truthful, man. I have no idea where my chamois is. And I'm going to go through the automatic car wash next time, so that way it dries it for me. Thanks, man. Um, but I know we laugh and that's funny, but how many times have we done something like that? We've made a little white lie, or we didn't, which is a lie, so that way we didn't have to uh, keep our word. And guess what? It's still a lie. Back to Matthew 50, or Matthew uh, 55, Matthew 5, it says anything more than yes or no is from the evil one. Who are you yielding to when you're doing stuff like that? An innocent little white light. You're yielding to the enemy. I don't want to be yielding to him. No, I don't want to be yielding to him at all. Because guess what? When you yield to him, some of those fiery darts that are can come through, right? It says, put up the shield of faith so that way you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, if you're lying, you're yielding to him, and you could be um, open fire. And we don't want that, right? I mean, all we have to do is plead the blood, you know, repent, ask for forgiveness. He'll forgive us every time. It's just got to be honest, right? Just got to be honest. Say, I am an honest person. I am a person who keeps my word. Amen. And like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit and His grace will empower you to live a life of integrity. He will empower you to be a person who keeps your word. He'll do it. Because guess what? You can't do it in and of your own strength. Cannot. Absolutely cannot. Because it's not in your old nature to do that. But it's in your new nature to do it. And, and if you mess up, just say, I'm sorry. That's it. Just be honest right away. Get it. Like, I probably should have been honest yesterday to Ira, but I had to wait till I was up here in front of y'all. In front of y'all. Sorry, Grandma Helen. To, or ain't. Does she like y'all? Y'all's okay? Thank you. Yeah, you did. You apologized this morning as well. But, see, I had to wait till I was in front of you guys to apologize to Ira. And he's probably thinking, well, that's, that's no big deal. Well, guess what? It's a big deal. 
It is a big deal. Because I don't want to be a person that has to deceit my way around to not um, say things honestly or to not do things that I don't want to do. I'm just going to let my yes be yes and my no be no. Amen? All right, so why don't we stand up? And why don't we just uh, get in an atmosphere of prayer? And um, Father God, Lord, I just declare today that we will be people of integrity, people who keep our word, people of honesty. Lord, I thank you for your, for your grace. I thank you for you, Holy Spirit that you empower us to live a life of integrity, that you empower us to live a life of honesty. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So right now, as you're in this attitude of prayer, I just want you to think of somebody maybe you haven't been honest with recently. Somebody that maybe you haven't kept your word to. I challenge you that within the next 24 hours to apologize to that person, even if it's something small that you know you shouldn't have done. I challenge you to, to apologize to that person. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, help us to do that. Help us to be strong. Help us to apologize to people that we need to apologize to, where we haven't been honest, where we haven't lived that life of integrity. Lord, give us the strength and empower us to do that. Thank you, Lord. Or maybe you haven't been honest with God. Just... Just get it right with him right now. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his love. Father God, anything that we've done, anything that we've said to you that we haven't kept our word on, Father, we repent. Lord, we get it right. We ask you to forgive us. We thank you for forgiving us. We receive your forgiveness. And we receive your empowering grace to not do that again, Lord. And if we mess up again, no condemnation. Just help us to get it right, right away with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.